<laughs> I can't. I can't do what. What's his name? I know Tamora Morrison's the the actor. Actor. Oh like, yeah, I always forget his name. The voice actor. But, but he, I mean, we should know his name because he literally voices every character, character in the show almost. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know his name. But yeah, he's Batch. But ba- the ba- I can't. I can't do any of those voices from the the clones. Um, I his accent. I, I think my favorite word that they like the my fa- the, the the pronunciation of a name that I like the most is Omega. Aramega. <laughs> Aramega. Aramega. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, it's very foreign to us uh, in the states. I'm just gonna insert this into the show, like okay. our just little you know pre chat. Omega's here. voice actress is like from Europe. Something like uh, it's. She's like a, she's Asian descent, but from Scandinavia. I don't know. Okay. But it's weird. It's not like, I mean, it's not weird that she's foreign, but it's like, like her ethnic makeup and her nationality mixed with the accent that she is doing is kind of unique. I've never, something that's really fascinating to me is accent decisions in Star Wars. Like, okay, Ray gets to keep her like natural accent like that's how she sounds all the time but john boy john boyega who's like <laughs> he's like english oh he's very english yeah yeah but he has to sound like an american why yeah i don't know that's an odd choice i do, isn't british kind of reserved for mostly the empire in the movies and stuff well uh i mean part of the reason why there's so many british people in star wars is because a lot of the original filming was done in england yeah and so Luke George Lucas had to pull from British, you know. That's why you've got, you know, Sir Walter, or uh, not Walter, Alec Guinness. Oh yeah, yeah. And you've got. Uh, oh, that's 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 a good point. He's he's know. obviously firmly in the rebel. Yeah, <laughs> and like what's his name? Well, but um, and then Tarkin is British, and yeah, yeah. You had all these British actors because. They did a lot. They did a ton of their filming in a studio in uh, England. I've always equated British accents with the Empire, but like Darth Vader doesn't have a British accent. No, so. but I mean, I don't know if David Prowse, the guy that's actually in the suit, he may have. Yeah, but well, he probably probably did. But I think Daisy 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 Ridley. I think she's Australian. Oh, really? I don't think she's English. Okay, but it's just interesting, like who gets to keep their accent and who has to throw it away. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to. There's another one that I'm trying to think of of who, because um, let's see, uh, Aaron McGregor, M- uh, McGregor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's British. Yeah, or he's English, and he got to keep his. Yeah, so I, I get, don't know why they would change. Ask John Boy unless he just wanted to. Like maybe he just felt like doing it or something. I don't think so, John. Just from the little bit I know about the actor himself, I don't. He doesn't sound like the type of guy that would want to do that. Like, hey, please make me more American. Yeah, like yeah. I, I don't see that. Yeah, you're probably right. And then knowing what I know about his stances on things. Politics, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he would have chosen to do that. <laughs> Ray! Well, we are talking about Star Wars The Bad Batch, uh, which just wrapped. Its last episode was, as we're recording this, just a couple days ago, so it's yep. pr- pretty fresh in our minds. Um, as you just heard on the podcast when I was talking with Grant, uh, Grant has not seen Star Wars The Bad Batch, like any of it. He's, I don't think he's seen a single episode. Which you have to at least watch the first couple, I think. Um, the first episode in particular is so, so good. Um, and then maybe just watch the last couple episodes. <laughs> that last episode, last couple episodes are pretty poignant and uh, important. Star Wars lore. Yeah, there's three episodes worth watching. Like if I was going to talk to somebody <laughs> like Grant, who is a very 
casual Star Wars fan. Yeah. Like, he's seen them. He knows kind of who the main characters are, yeah. whatever. That's a good assessment of I, his. I would just say, like, yeah, watch. You know, and the the first episode, which was really good, like, really good. Yeah. Uh, it It's kind of like if you had a full day and you just really wanted to get your prequel on, if you watched, you know, the, the last four episodes of The Clone Wars, or actually watch... The Bad Batch episodes of season seven of the Clone Wars. Skip the Martez sisters. Uh-huh. Watch, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> watch the last four episodes of Clone Wars. Uh, watch Revenge of the Sith, and then watch Bad Batch first episode, <laughs> and and then the last two episodes. That that kind of would give you. That's all kind of scrunched into that time frame. There, it's it's like another Star Wars machete order where you don't even watch episode one. You just watch all the other films. Right? Yeah, the machete <laughs> order where it's like it's like what it, the machete order is four five. Two, two, three, three six. six. Yeah, you don't and even then, watch one. And then one if you feel like it. <laughs> it's optional. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really. I mean, we're getting off way off topic already, but like Sorry. that was fine. Episode one really, for the most part, is pretty inconsequential. I, I think you need to watch it for Darth Maul and like a couple of the int- character introductions that make that you need to know about. Obviously, going into two three, um, but other than that, it's. The, I mean, you can miss the pod racing and like I love yeah, the pod you, racing, yeah. but it's not. It's not consequential. Which brings us back to the topic. <laughs> okay, episodes, what is it? I guess really three. Because I remember liking two, and it, it was still kind of important stuff happening in, in episode two of the season. Uh, I, and I say season, they are they have just in the last week have announced that season two is coming. Can I say something about that? Yeah, go for it. I'm really disappointed. I really wish that they would not have announced that season two was coming before the finale. Yeah. Because there was part of me that's like, is someone important going to die? Yeah, you know, is is Hunter gonna like sacrifice himself to save Crosshair? Or, like, is something you know, is there gonna be something really weighty that's gonna happen because this was a one and done thing potentially? Because it could have been. I mean, it's not. I I'm I'm almost certain that its numbers are not gonna be as high. Definitely not as high as the Mandalorian. Maybe not even as high as the Clone Wars. You know, people going back and watching that. I don't know, of course, but I wish I would not have known because. Especially that last episode, all that underwater stuff. I mean, my heart, I'll not, dude, it was intense. Like, yeah. my heart was pounding and oh, some yeah. of that stuff. And if I wouldn't have known that there was a season two, it would have been even more intense because I would have been like, I don't, like, somebody could die here. Yeah. And I, I kind of wish that that wouldn't have been taken from me. Yeah. I, I also, I learned about the season two announcement before watching the finale as well. And, Looking back on it, it is very curious. The only couple explanations that I can think of is either A, leak, like it, it was going to get leaked, they had to get out ahead of it somehow, or it was already leaked. I, I, don't, I didn't follow it that closely. And then the other thing would be maybe they, in the same way that they released the first two episodes of WandaVision um, back to back, I almost wonder if it was kind of like, hey... We, you know, don't be disappointed by the finale. We're not done telling the story. Like, like if the if if you're expecting like a a huge wrap up that they tie every bow, which it was never going to happen. I mean, you can tell by episode 15, you're like, okay, there's more. Like, there has to be more after this season. Um, but I was also kind of like, oh, well, they, they could have like an an hour long episode 16 and like really wrap everything up so that there's no more questions. But um, them telling that, I almost kind of wonder is them saying like, hey. You're you're still going to have a ton of lingering questions at, at the end of sixteen. Don't worry, we got you. We're coming back next year, and so yeah, I don't know. It's it's really strange. I almost uh, wish that they would have 
just made this from the beginning a one and done season, knowing that that's what they were going to do. Did, did you expect that? Because I did. I, I thought this was going to be like a one. I thought it was a possibility, especially. Yeah. So I'm looking at like zooming out, like some of the behind the scenes stuff. Like Kathleen Kennedy's contract is coming up to an end. Uh, don't know if it's going to be renewed or not, but I mean, there is a chance. Like this is we're we're coming at a crossroads very soon this fall where we're going to know is she going to continue being the president or not. And I'm going, of course, everybody's like, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, ah, sure. like, you know. All right, so, it, but Dave Filoni's doing the Bad Batch, which is, let, like, let's face it, like, it's a minor Star Wars story. Like, sure. it's not, you know, it's not a real thick bread and butter. These are, like, side characters getting a spinoff series, essentially. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, if there's, they Disney's got to be thinking about, okay, if Kathleen Kennedy's going to go... Who's going to take over? They seem like the obvious answer. And so are they going to have, if Dave Filoni or John Favreau is like the big shot, are they going to have them can work on season two of The Bad Batch? I can't, like, you I know, being that hands-on. I, maybe I'm overanalyzing it, but I'm just like, for just for those reasons, I'm like, there is a, there is a strong possibility that this is one and done. Yeah, I, I don't want Dave Filoni to do anything other than what he's presently doing. Like, it, even if they offer him the job, I hope he, he declines and just says, you know what? I, I love storytelling. I love storyboarding. Like, this is my thing. Like, I want to invent these stories. Other, you know? th- other than this, and I don't want to get too far off on that yeah. rabbit trail, because um, I agree. Like, I want him to continue storytelling. Although... I, I'm, I'm noticing now and it, some of these same themes that keep reoccurring. We, last time I was on the show, we talked about this, how it's like, oh, you've got this, you know, rough, these rough guys and they're adopting like a little person, you know, <laughs> like they've got Omega and same thing in Rebels. It's like, oh, let's take on Ezra and in Mandalorian, it's take on Baby Yoda and then, and, and in Clone Wars, it's come on, let's take Ahsoka. And it's like, I, I, okay, like I'm, Dave Filoni's fingerprints are on this and it's starting to get a little repetitive, right? Yeah, There's still before. a lot of good stuff in there, but it's starting to get repetitive. The only reason why I would want Dave Filoni to take the big man chair is because he really cares about lore and continuity, and while I would love him in the trenches of storytelling, I think that after the sequels, mm. one of the things that Disney really needs is somebody with a big old veto pen full of ink. Yeah. And so when somebody comes to him and goes, yeah, I want to, you know, tell, and and I like The Last Jedi in a vacuum, yeah. right? But, I, you know, when somebody comes to him, I think that he would have been like, no, 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 we, we need more of a plan or this needs to connect to the larger universe. This Like if somebody is going to know the lore and know what he's talking about, it's going to be Dave Filoni. And so it's kind of more of like a buck stops here type of thing instead of the way they've been doing it, which is like, oh, yeah, free creative control. I don't care. You know, let make Luke Skywalker a frog if you want to. It's fine. You know, like, yeah. wait, wait, stop. Like somebody tell him no. And I feel like Dave Filoni would, would do that. But he, yeah. if, if that's what they're looking for in the next job, I, I think his name has to come up in conversation. Of course it does. I, he obviously is the man for, you know, just he's a human lexicon of everything Star Wars. So yeah. why wouldn't you want him at the helm? Yeah. And they may but, renew, who knows? I mean, Kathleen Kennedy may renew her contract or whatever, but I could see them just saying, you know, hey, thanks. We're, we're good now. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. Thank you for your service. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to tell. But. All right. Well, let's let's get into the Bad Batch. Um, of course, we're going to talk about the finale, uh, which is really a two part. Fifteen and sixteen are part one of two and two of two. Uh, so we'll talk about both of those episodes. Um, 
you know, Jake and I kind of talked about this before we hit record, just so we can kind of agree on what we wanted to discuss. And I think we both kind of come from the same standpoint. Uh, well, we kind of teased it a second ago about episodes three through 14. These are, to me, in my opinion, you may not share the opinion because I haven't asked you yet. These are good episodes. I, I've, I enjoyed watching them for the most part. Um, I, I think they are some of the most inconsequential episodes I've seen from Star Wars maybe exclusion like excluding like the first couple seasons of clone wars which is a lot of like just one-off like telling stories for fun in the universe um i i was i was shocked i was a little surprised how how much they just got off into like mission of the week um for some of these episodes and that sounds but when i say that it sounds like i'm like really harping on them and and like didn't like them at all i did like them i just yeah, I wanted more. I, after watching Mandalorian, and this show is never going to be Mandalorian, but like after watching some of the other Star Wars stuff that we've gotten, I was a little disappointed by just uh, give me something, give me some kind of you know comment. There's a sentence in there that's like, oh my gosh, what did they, what do they mean by that? You know, to kind of keep me coming back for touches of a huge main story arc over the top, and they just we, they weren't there. Like it, we literally just got kind of Monster of the Week stuff for a while. Yeah, so. In the Clone Wars, I we would have different characters that wouldn't even be in certain episodes, right? Like you would, okay, this week we're going to go on an adventure with Anakin and Ahsoka, and then we're going to have some Obi-Wan episodes. And then there were episodes where it's like, let's do this random Jedi that got like two lines in Revenge of the Sith, and we're going to like let him do some stuff with the clones. And like, so it was all these different separate stories and you got to learn. So there was a lot of newness because you got to learn about a lot of these characters that you hadn't seen before, right? Uh, well, in Bad Batch, we di- we don't do that. We're following the same characters every week. Yeah. In Rebels, um, I mean, even in season one, there was a significant amount of character development. Uh, you were really getting, you know, as Ezra's like being kind of accepted into the family of the ghost and, you know, yeah, they're fighting the Empire and it's a mission of the, you know, oh, what are they going to do? Oh, we got to disguise ourselves as stormtroopers and sneak into the base. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, we, we've, it started to get a little bit, but there was, uh, I felt like even in season one, a little bit more character development and was an exciting time Kanan Jarrus being you know a Jedi and you're like what's up with this guy yeah you know so there was a little bit of uh, mystery Mandalorian there were some episodes of the Mandalorian that I just really didn't dig all that much because nothing really like the spider episode in the Mandalorian I was like nothing really happened like it was you know it's okay but as a whole season one and season two were amazing right like there were a few episodes that I kind of shrugged at but with the Bad Batch, I mean, if if we are going to compare Bad Batch to all of the the show Star Wars, right? So we got Clone Wars, Rebels, and Mandalorian. It's it's the not the worst, but it's my least favorite. I know what you're and, saying. And because of that, because first episode comes out, I'm a huge Revenge of the Sith prequel fan. Oh wow! Like this, you know, we're going to learn like how the clones got phased out. Like there's this era, this tiny little window of time that we don't know much about and we're going to get to, and we did, we did learn you yeah. know, a few things about this little era of time. Sure, sure. But as soon as it's like, well, we're going to meet Sid and become mercenaries for hire. And all the other episodes just, I'm like, this is kind of boring, honestly. Like the, the, the battles aren't even that cool. Like the suspense isn't real. It's like, Oh, Omega is either going to rescue them or they're going to rescue her. Uh, you know, we had a few other uh, characters pop in the episode where you had Fennec Shan 
and um, shoot, what's his name? The blue guy. Um, I just had his name on the tip of my tongue. He's got the got the Indiana Jones looking hat. Uh, what is oh, his uh, name? Oh, Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Gosh, yeah. I, that's embarrassing. Uh, couldn't remember his name. How dare I? So it's okay. I, we're we're switched from yes. this morning when I couldn't remember anyone's name. So, so. <laughs> uh, like that episode, you yeah. know, again, not a lot of consequence, but I I enjoyed. There were some cool battles. There were some cool exchanges. Well, and there. Cad, Cad was in two episodes, right? Did he get? Yes, he's yeah, yes, he straddled two. I right. Think. Um, I, I was hoping to get a little more backstory on the Kaminoans. So Boy, the Kaminoans were barely in it. I, I agree with you. Right. Yeah. And I so I wanted to see more of the Empire. I wanted to see more of the Kaminoans, kind of the more big picture stuff that was going on. There really wasn't that much character development, even, you know, like there's the episode where uh Wreckers inhibitor chip kind of goes haywire and he, you know, good soldiers follow orders and he's gonna I felt like, okay, there should be some kind of gravity to this, and there just wasn't. Like, most of these, especially the Sid mission episodes, I just didn't dig it, man. I just was, I was kind of bored, honestly. Like, and it wasn't even, there's some Star Wars that you just want to see lasers firing, you want to see just, you know, cool battles going off in the Star Wars universe, and even that, I just didn't. I just didn't get that from this. Yeah, I was thinking about, uh, I, I like this conversation, I was thinking about like some of the things that we're used to getting in a Star Wars kind of show that we didn't get in the show. And I think one of the biggest ones is um, actual like star battles, like like between ships. Um, oh, yeah, like yeah. That, that's really lacking in the show. You're right. And that's not the story they wanted to tell. And obviously they're on the run and they have, you know, one ship and it's not particularly a powerhouse you know like so you know it, it makes sense i think the, well and the, and that ship honestly doesn't have a lot of personality like no. a lot of you know when you think of the millennium falcon or you think of the ghost or you think of luke skywalker's x-wing or like those ships almost are characters you know in, in their own right and they didn't give any personality to the Bad Batch's ship at all. So it has a name. I'm, I'm looking. It does for have it. a name. Yeah. Because um, I was reading like a recap of episode 15 before I went into 16, and they're like, "Oh well, yeah," and the the blah 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 whatever. I was like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's their ship." Like I didn't even know it had that name. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you're right. Because of that, it doesn't have. I mean, and a lot yeah. of other reasons, it doesn't have a lot of personality. I didn't realize it until the final episode because yeah. they kept saying we need to get back to the oh, blah blah blah. That's right. And I was like, "Oh, that's their ship." Like. You know, and I know Omega's got her little room in there, and but they don't they don't spend a ton of time in it either. I mean, sp- compare that to like the ghost or something like that from right um, um, from uh, Rebels. So, yeah, it's uh that was not what the story they they were gonna kind of they were trying to tell. These sh- episodes are very short, um, so you can kind of blame it on just you know the longevity of the episodes. But uh, the Rebels episodes were just as short, um, right? And I felt like they were maybe telling a more Here's the thing: is like I think Rebels um, did a better job, and you know, I, to say better is like to say that they were trying to do that with the show, and maybe they never wanted to. But like I think I would rather watch Rebels just because I think every episode I'm learning something about one of the key characters. Yes, and I like the whole. We waited. I mean. I, if you listen to us this long, you know we're getting into spoilers. I, sh- I should have said that. I probably will have said that. Um, I'm recording these out of order, so I'm like, you know, referring to the future. But um, yes, full spoilers. So we are going to just, you know, blow the doors off. But um, I-, I was really, by the end of episode 16, hoping to r- learn something secretive about Omega. Right. And we never got it. Right. And, yes. And I was thinking, okay, give us something like on episode eight or something like that, halfway through the season of like, 
wait, maybe she is blah, blah, blah. I feel, finish that sentence and then pay it off on the final episode. You can still have a whole another season two going into what does that mean and how, how is she going to change because of this new information that we have? But like we literally never got any of that. And I think a lot of it is just because of the wasted middle episodes. Um, now, I had fun in a lot of those episodes, three through 14. And I liked um, seeing some of the characters that, you know, some of which we've already mentioned. Hondo is one of my favorite characters in all of animated. Um, we get to see him. He's really? Great. He's all. Oh, I love no Hondo. Kidding. Okay. Yeah. He, Hondo's, Hondo, as far as like animated, like characters who have only taken, been appeared in an animated, um, ability, you know, sense, uh, Hondo's a top five. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. I, I love. Right. I, I think he's just he's he always makes me laugh, which I think is a big a big part of it. And he's so uh, slimy and backstabby and like slithery. Like in all of his communications, like you know, like this guy's gonna stab me in the back, like the first chance that he gets. But I like him. I, 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 that's Why what, do I like this guy that yeah. wants to stab me in the back and take my money? He reminds me of Loki a little bit, like from the Marvel stuff. Like he's he is like a bull, even though you know he's just a complete piece of trash. Yeah, um, yeah. So I really like Hondo a lot. Okay. Um, uh, Rex, we haven't mentioned Rex. He's in um, obviously a, a couple of the earlier episodes, and they even mentioned him um, towards the end of the season. Uh, you already mentioned Fennec Shan, um, who's super interesting to put her in animation because we literally only know her from the Mandalorian. Yep, yep. Um, there's there's several Mandalorian slash Book of Boba Fett tie-ins. Of course, the the yeah. last scene of the finale where they have um I can't I can't remember her name, but the the Kaminoan scientist that I think it's Nalase. Yeah. Nalase, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. She's the cloning scientist essentially. It's all tying back to the stuff at season two of the Mandalorian where they're you know yeah. which we don't really know, but it's assumed that it was all to try to keep the empire, the emperor alive or clone the emperor or whatever. But yeah. so Filoni's got something up his sleeve that he's telling the bigger story that has to do with cloning that he's using avenues like this and the Mandalorian to all go back to some kind of Imperial project yeah. that has to do with cloning. And I, I think he's trying to tell a little bit more of the backstory of the sequels. Yeah. Um, I really like the, 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 uh, I almost said clone, the droid that, uh, Omega kind of runs around with eight. I think they just call him AZ, but yeah, uh, it's AZ three. I think is his actual name, but, um, it, we don't know a whole lot about him, but I want to see him more in um, season two. Like, so glad he didn't die. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I was like, <laughs> dude, for, okay, I will say this. Like, as much as I didn't enjoy the filler episodes, I just really didn't. Like, it's yeah. not, I will probably never, like, at any point, I will never go back and watch all of season one. I will watch the first episode again, and those last two, I will literally never watch those again. Maybe I'll watch the one with Finnick Shan and... Um, Gosh dang the blue guy. Cad Bane. There you go. Yeah. Uh but I, I'm with you on that. I probably won't watch those again either. But like that moment where AZ's like losing and I knew it too. He's like, Oh, I'm running on reserves. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no. This is bad. Lassie. <laughs> no. And so, you know, they're under which underwater scenes always just like I can't <laughs> handle them. So I, I, he's running out of battery power. He's going and Omega just like refuses to let anybody in her little inner circle ever you know, perish or whatever. That was an intense scene, dude. Yeah. It really was. Like, I didn't think Omega was going to drown. You know, that would have been a little much. But I, I honestly was not sure if AZ was going to survive. And it was really cool to see Crosshair being the one to save them. But that was an intense... That whole, that whole finale was... It, it's like they replaced having some kind of big 
in-universe consequence or some big cliffhanger, and they're just like, you know what, we're just going to make this a, like, we're going to replace all that with suspense. Yeah. And we're just going to make this a really, like, edge of your seat. Nail-biter. Nail yeah. And it was. Yeah, it was. Like, it really was. Like, I was, that was one of the most intense, like, scenes in Star Wars that I... I mean, really, now that I sit here and think about it, I can't, re- you know, it's like I'm watching episode one and they're in the submarine and they get eaten by a monster and Jar Jar's like, woo, big win, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, there was never a moment where I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that was in all of Star Wars, probably one of the biggest nail biters. Yeah, I agree. And so I tip my hat to them for that, but I would have liked a little bit more of a cliffhanger or some kind of, you know, a little more meat at the end. One other thing I'm thinking of as I'm kind of reflecting on season one, when I watched both Clone Wars and Rebels, the shows were already completely over Mm. by the time I watched them. So I watched season one and then immediately went to episode one of season two and kept going. So you just binged all through all of them. I mean, not like in one day, but what I mean is, is like, so this is... Except for seven though, season seven. Yes, other than season seven, yeah. But I'm talking. But season one of a show is always different, right? You're, sure. You're introducing characters. You're getting things yeah. going. Yeah, Maybe point. sometimes you don't even know where you want to go with stuff. And so, like, I never had a moment where, well, I just finished season one of Rebels, and I'm just going to let this sit for a year and think about, like, was this good or not? <laughs> I never got to just have it alone. Because I just immediately would go to season two and season three, and it the way I thought about season one would fall into the larger context of how the show was and would probably taint my view uh, in in the positive about how season one was. Whereas now, I'm watching and I'm like, well, that stinks. But by the time they make a season two or if there's a season three, and I'm like, oh my gosh, The Bad Batch was such an awesome series. Well... It wasn't awesome at the end of season one, but you know we got that character development later on, and then I'll go back and be like, "Eh, season one was fine." Yeah, here's here's my biggest gripe. I'll mostly be positive about about the like the final episodes and stuff like that, um, the stuff that happened at the beginning and at the end. But my my biggest gripe is um, Grant and I talk about this on the show for other Disney Plus properties, but what what is different um, at the end of season one that's not also true of the beginning of season one? And, and I'm talking about really from episode two of season one to the end, because there's a lot that happens in the first episode. And the answer to me is not much. Like at, at the end of season one, Cross, Crosshair is still the bad guy. I mean, you could argue he's maybe less bad now after, after 16. Um, he's, uh, they still have like their band of brothers that's going around gallivanting across the galaxy in their ship and kind of trying to find their place in the world. Uh, Omega is still this mysterious character. We still don't know anything really of, of drastic knowledge about her. That's different from episode two. And by the, so by the time I, I wrapped 16, I, my initial reaction was, Whoa, what a sugar, sugar rush of an episode is so suspenseful. And, Oh, you know, are they going to get out alive? Whatever. And then an hour later, I was still thinking about it. I was like, but did I learn anything? Nothing happened. Yeah, like, did anything happen? Are they in a different spot than they were at the end of episode two? And for the most part, the answer is no. I know there's a few small things. Sure. But really, there's, I mean, season two, episode one is going to kind of start off almost kind of like episode two of the season. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. um, So, 
it, that's the most negative thing I can say. It sounds like I'm really, really criticizing it. Um, no, it's fair though. Yeah, I, I do think it's fair. And I, I, so here's kind of my overall feelings of, of season one. And then I, I want to talk about any other characters or moments that we liked and we can get into the finale last, but um, I, I had fun with this season. I don't know that it was compelling the whole time. No. And I don't know that I really learned a lot the whole time, but I had fun. Like, so it's this, it's this weird thing of like, I enjoyed myself, but I also enjoy, you know, going for a bike ride or, right. you know, like, uh, having a good meal. Like those are things I enjoy doing, but they're not impactful over my life uh, or my knowledge of a certain thing. And so like, that's kind of where I sit with it. It's not, I kind of agree with you. It's, it's actually one of my least favorite seasons of any animated show, even though I had a blast watching it and so let's be honest. Most of the, a lot of the show's highs of like, oh, cool, are seeing characters that we know from other things right. that just show up as a cameo or a guest star <laughs> on a on a particular episode, and it doesn't mean anything for the characters that we're le- trying to learn about, and it doesn't really give us a whole lot of information even about them. I here's here's one I, I want one of the topic we can talk about. It may, may only be like a thirty second topic, but um, I think what's one of the things that's interesting as far as like what do we learn about the galaxy, about the the the, the world building of Star Wars. Um, I think the things I enjoyed the most were when they centered in on what now. So like you, you already started the conversation. There's there's a window in the timeline that we don't know a lot about. There's been almost I mean other than books and things that are probably legacy now. We don't really know a lot about what happens. Okay, the the war is over. Now what? Like, what do we do? Like, what do what do worlds do? What what do species do now that there's an empire in control and the republic is gone? And I don't think we got enough of it. <laughs> so that's another right, right. another negative. But where there was moments of oh, this is interesting. One of the, the episodes I think of is pretty late in the season 12, 12 13 maybe. Ryloth. Um, Yes. Yeah. And watching the Twi'leks and like the Twi'leks, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then like politically, like those two episodes are like heavy politics. Like, um, you know the I forget the his role. He's like the overseer guy yeah, yeah. Uh, for their planet. Um, is like really like he 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 wants to go along with the flow and he's being threatened to, but he doesn't really want to. And then there's like this, um. Uh, almost rebel kind of backlash, you know, un- under, you know, under the surface that kind of rebels up and c- starts to fight back a little bit. And then we get to see, um, okay, now you're gonna have to help me. The, the main girl from, uh, Hera, uh, yeah, Sindula. Hera Sindula and her parents. And yeah. like, and I haven't, I still haven't finished rebels. You're not going to bother me with any spoilers, but like from what I've heard, like, um, I think there's a, a death, like her mom, is it her mom that dies? Yeah. Um, and so like, we were thinking like I was watching it with some guys who had seen rebels and I was like, go ahead and spoil it. I don't, I don't care. And they were like, Oh, I wonder if we see her mom's death, like in bad batch, you know? Yeah. So like those episodes felt important. Cause I was like, all right, cool. Like, it's not like everyone just, okay, the empire is here. Let's, let's get along with the party and yay. Yeah. Yay, yeah. The empire. It was like, it's, wait, what do we do with these guys? Yeah. And there's legitimately some people are like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like this feels sinister already, even though it's yeah, like yeah. year zero of the empire. Like I'm not sure I'm on board and yeah. I liked seeing some of that. Yeah, I agree. I, the, my only issue with those episodes is I felt like Filoni. I wanted, okay, let me back up. 
I want to get to know the Bad Batch, right? I've got characters like Echo, yeah. who got hardly any screen time. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I want to get to know these guys. And so the Ryloth episodes were, were fine. They were better than some of the others. And it and you're right, it did show some of the bigger world building of like, okay, how does the Empire continue with its grip on power? You know, because there were like a scene where everyone's like celebrating, the war's over, yeah! yeah. And then yeah. it's like... Now register your currency with the Empire. <laughs> and they're like, oh, this party's just kind of got weird. Uh, but I'm like, oh, there's Harrison Dula and Chopper from Rebels. And I'm like, I felt like I was watching an episode of Rebels. That No, you're right. Not the Bad Batch. Yes. Because it's all it was all those characters and even that one... I, w- I want to add to that. that. The Bad Batch characters are barely in those episodes. Correct. They're in it for like four minutes. Yes, that and so I felt like um, I was watching Rebels. Yeah, and so I'm like, okay, so this show, The Bad Batch, has is so like to the point where I was getting so bored with the episodes, and maybe Filoni was too. And so he's like, well, I don't know, maybe we'll just make this an episode of Rebels, actually, because <laughs> that's what I'd rather be doing. I don't yeah. know. Uh, so that's why that's what kind of ticked me off about those is I'm like, yeah, these are fine. This, this is this is fine. I, I really don't feel like I needed a, a couple episodes of Harrison Dula as a kid. Yeah. I just I just didn't need that. If, what I needed was episodes of character development for the main characters of the show. I agree with you. I, I enjoyed learning more about Hera because she is, despite me forgetting her, literally forgetting her name 30 seconds, uh, two minutes ago. Harrison I, Dula. Yeah, thank you. I, I do, I, I really like her a lot from Rebels. She's, no, she, I do too. She, she's one of my I favorite do too. It's just this show. isn't her, not her show. Exactly. It's it's in the wrong spots. They, yes. they, they placed the uh, chess piece in the wrong square for the, yeah. for this show. But I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed watching Hera kind of like in her early days and like um oh man, that shot of her like putting her hand up against the sun, like she's she's like dreaming of flying someday and how she like finds that pilot that has the ship and you know, you can really make it sing and I was like I'm getting all the feels watching this, but where are the Bad Batch? <laughs> like, are, yes, they, yeah. are they going to be in these episodes? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm, it felt definitely out of place. Or even even Rex. Or like, yeah. like this, to me, the Bad Batch is supposed to be at the clones. Yes. And the transition, you know, there were some decent moments in the show, like, um, when, you know, they went and saw Cut and tried to get him and his family oh, yeah. out. And tr- yeah, you know, I forgot about that. Yeah, and so, uh, and they tried to get Omega to go with them, and that yeah. was kind of the moment when they're like, all right, I guess we're going to hang on to her. Um, and then there was, I don't remember the clone's name, but the clone that decided to be like, nope, I'm not following orders anymore, and we're not going to shoot at these guys, and helped them escape. So I'm like, okay, that's what I came to see. I came to see what th- that whole transition from clones to you know and so there were some lines there again in the last like two episodes where they're like tk units mm. wait a second these aren't clones yeah like what is going on here that's the stuff where i'm like okay now now we're getting it because they're like we're what the heck we're being replaced and in the finale where he's like all right status report and a clone has to go up to the admiral and be like well it's camino's been destroyed and you can just hear it in his voice where he's like ah ugh. you know i'm yeah. kind of uncomfortable with this those are the moments i wanted yeah, sure. Some Hera backstory is fine, but it just was like this is, it's this is the wrong show. Yeah, I I yearned. I found myself even though I've only seen the first season of Rebels, I I found myself yearning for the storytelling uh, mode or whatever you want to call it of that show versus this one. Like I wanted to watch just these guys 
accomplishing a mission of their own, a goal of their own, whereas most of the time they're performing missions for Sid. Like, yeah, so they're, they're mercenaries, really. I, so I'll, let me ask you, I'm, I'm going to make a comment and then I have a question for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't like Sid as a character. Didn't think she was likable. Yeah. And um, w- I, I can't really even put my finger on why. I okay. just, it, maybe it had more to do with the whole premise of them being mercenaries at that point. Okay. What I wanted was for Crosshair to be like the Terminator. Yeah. And basically he's got a rifle, him and a group of of clone troopers slash stormtroopers and the might of the Empire, just everywhere, they're go, everywhere they go, he's like only half a step behind them and it's just run, run, run and there's always bullets coming at him because Crosshair is just like right on their scent the whole time. Yeah. I wanted it to be like a good Terminator you know chase cat and mouse you're you know you you can't ever rest your head to go to sleep because crosshair is right behind you that's what i wanted uh and what i got was them hanging out in sid's bar and and going on missions to save rancors and stuff yeah i agree with you um so my question to you is you said you told me uh you told me off mic that you liked Sid as a character. I do like her as a character. So I would like to, can you expand on yeah, that? I 100% agree with everything you just said though. Like I, I didn't want to see them be mercenaries. I didn't think that that was as nearly a compelling story as, uh, as, as what could have been. And I think Filoni, I mean, who knows how much he was even writing in the middle of the episodes. Maybe he wrote all of them. I, I have no idea. Um, but no, I'm with you. I, I wanted to see, we got like, we got that one interaction with him kind of mid season across our mid season where he, like it gets half of his face blown off. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's a, maybe another scene in there where he's, he's almost, he almost finds them or whatever and they get away. But yeah, you're right. They, they almost never come into contact with him. And I thought that's, it seemed clear to me that that's where they were going at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. It was going to be like, okay, he's going to him and that like the Admiral that was above him. were going to be the main antagonist and always yeah. chasing them. And then there were episodes where they're just like, well, we got to go do a fetch quest and there's like some random village of people doing a thing or there's, yeah. here's the pikes or here's what, you know, we got to get some spice. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I said, it, it all had to do with, I, a, an overarching story where there's character, you know, and you just like the Mandalorian, yeah. you can have some characters that don't have to be in every episode, but they're always kind of there in the background. Like the, um, in the Mandalorian, what's the dude's name that, um, kind of at the beginning is giving, giving the Mandalorian all the missions, uh, grief. Yeah. And then, right. Okay. He's not there. Yeah. There's a lot of episodes where he's not there, but like he kind of becomes a consequential character and he, you know, oh, you yeah. can have some of that, but I just felt like there was so many, so many of these episodes were so isolated in themselves that they had no consequence. The characters yes. came and went in that same episode. It didn't add to the larger story, maybe a tiny little tidbit or something. And so it just like, I don't know, like I, it just didn't feel worth watching. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I... There's no payoff. I think you might I'd be surprised. I actually agree with all that. Like I, I, um... So earlier when I was saying I liked Sid as a character, um, I I like her personality. I like um, how she uh, all of her nicknames for all the you know muscles and like whatever. For yeah, the, yeah. I, I think she's uh, she she feels 
so you, in Star Wars, you get a lot of like serious characters that are always serious all the time. Like Darth Vader never cracks jokes ever. Like there are certain characters that are like that. And then there are other characters that seem to be there o- almost to parody what's going on in the, in the moment and, um, and, and go, I don't care what the rules are. I'm going to call you whatever I want and I'm going to tell you what to do. Even though you guys are like BAs that could wreck me in a second, I have some control and some power over you. And even though this is completely upside down, I don't care. And I'm boss enough just to like presume to like give you orders, like to instruct, you know, I have you by the, you know what, and I'm going to, you know, make, make you move exactly the way I want you. You guys are pawns to me. And so that's how I see Sid. And again, kind of like I mentioned with Hondo, like she's not a good person. Like she's not a good character in, in the sense of like, you know, altruism, but that's why I like her. Like I, I think she's, her little like ring of, you know, um, uh, I don't know. It's not crime, but it's like she's doing, I mean, ste- it kind of is. She's stealing things. Yeah. It's, she's selling things that are stolen. It's like, crime. Yeah. So, but she's not like, I, when I think of crime, I think of like um, you know crime syndicate type stuff. She's not right. she's not that hardcore, but yeah, she definitely has her like own little like crime ring kind of going on this planet, and um, and yet I agree with everything that you said about how that was the wrong choice for the season. Like I maybe introduce like a couple I, when we got like the on it was like five episodes in a row on that fifth mission. I was like, what are we doing? Like yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> like, why right. why are there so many of these episodes in right in the middle of this? Right. Like yeah. And, and I and I kept looking towards the finale, and I'm like, okay, yeah. we only have a few episodes left, and we're not really doing anything. So she made me laugh. She's she's kind of a hondo for me. Like she made me laugh. Okay. Um, I enjoy her accent is really awesome. It, it's the girl from uh, Cheers, um, the uh, bartender, or whatever. Or the, that makes perfect yes. sense for the personality of the character. Yeah, she's the cocktail waitress or whatever. Yes, lady. that so, makes sense. Um, that's the actress that plays her, but. Um, cause I, like I heard her voice the first time I was like, I know this actress. I don't, I have, I have no idea who she is, but I know it. And so I looked, I had to look it up, but, um, and she, I think plays that role perfectly with that, with that kind of Bostonian kind of accent. And, um, I like the interactions between her and Omega, I think are really cool and, and, uh, kind of twisty, like kind of like, I don't know what's really going on here, like what she sees in Omega. Um, but she's kind of like almost take her as as like a mentor like relationship for an episode or two um but no i agree i i think i think i'm torn because i i i understand that these guys are needing sustenance i mean mantel mix is is not going to come for free right (laughs) very good they need they need right they need money but they also and and crosshair hit on this in the finale is they have no purpose Yes. So, like, they're they're these elite soldiers that now have nothing to do. Yeah, I, I like the idea that these guys are powerful enough to be bounty hunters, but are not down with that kind of job, and so they're looking for work. Like, they're it's it's very practical, but like they're looking to make some money so they yeah. can buy all the mantel mix that they can fit in their spacecraft, and. <laughs> and and feed themselves and take care of Omega, and they they they're kind of in this state of like, I don't we don't know what to do like now that now that they it's over, don't like, know what to do yeah. other than to get money for their next meal yeah and so yeah. so does it make sense that they're going descending into a life of mercenaryship? Uh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Is that interesting to watch on television? Right, maybe, maybe this, not. <laughs> this is not a this is not a life simulator where it's like, well, okay, now we have to actually get a job and eat and do all these mundane <laughs> things. Like, it's a it's a this is a show about space war. 
you it, know and it's this would never work in a, in a film i mean there's like four right. hours four hours of footage and it, like in a film this would be the like most boring thing in the, in the world but it is a weekly released episodic show yeah so i think this is the way you do it if you're going to do it but yeah i i think i agree with everything you said and i think we're in agreement you at you ask like 10 star wars fans off the street and say you know did you watch the bad batch yeah we all did um is the the middle episodes is that what you wanted and expected from the show i I would say at least nine out of ten of them maybe all of them would say no it's not at all what i was well and and it even makes a little bit more sense for something like the mandalorian because the mandalorian is a bounty hunter so it's like oh there's gonna be some episodes where he just does these little missions okay because that's kind of his job the bad batch like you didn't you did not have to go that route and ultimately like nobody you know it's kind of like when you're watching a cartoon you're like do they ever go to the bathroom or eat and it's like nobody ever you just watch the show you yeah, know i didn't sure. i didn't really need them to go get a job like yeah if they if crosshair would have chased them throughout the whole season i don't think anybody would have been like but do they need groceries <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. so yeah so yeah, um, I I, th- I think that kind of wraps up my general thoughts on on like the middle episodes. We're, we're gonna spend some time, quite a bit of time on the, the final two episodes. Um, any other there uh, any other like characters? Or yeah, just the, I d- so one. Uh, e- I think Echo got the shaft. That dude, oh, he totally. I mean, did. like he almost wasn't even there for the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so that sucks because I like Echo. I mean, honestly, he had maybe the same number of lines as Wrecker, but we d- we expect kind of a mute from him because he's the dumb one. Yeah. Um, well, and even so, he kind of got the treatment with, uh, like, Finn, where the only time you heard from Echo was when it had something to do with Rex. And he's like, oh, Rex is involved? We gotta do it! You know? <laughs> I know we gotta him. go, Rex! We gotta do Rex! <laughs> Whereas Finn was like, you know, after episode seven, like, eight and nine, he was just like, Ray! Ray's involved? We gotta do it! We gotta say Ray! <laughs> like, I felt like it's kind of had the same thing where... He's just there to speak up to say Rex wants us to do something. Go do it. Here, here's my problem with Echo. I think he's 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 honestly kind of a bad choice for the bad match. No pun, no pun intended, um, because he kind of is tech. Like the right. like tech and Echo are kind of the same character ish. Yeah, like they, they both are have. Um, I mean, tech is more mentally acute. Like he 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 can rationalize his way through a situation and say, if we do this, this, and this, the dominoes are going to fall and we're, and we'll win. Echo doesn't offer that, but they both offer like the mechanical. That's why you see right. like the two of them working on the ship, like fixing together. the ship together. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, so. and you know, I, at one point I was like, well, okay, what role does he really fill? And I'm like, well, they don't, they don't have a droid that they carry around with them. Like in, in almost every other Star Wars group, yeah. there's like, oh, I, it's me and my partner and my trusty droid. Uh-oh, there's a door that needs to be opened. <laughs> All right, droid, it's your turn. Here's what you do. Do your thing. Yeah. They didn't have one. Well, uh, Echo can has his little arm and they can yeah. plug into the door. But here's the thing. Any door that has the little plug thing can just as easily have a keypad and that's what they do when they yeah. don't have a droid. They just get tech, and they're like, oh, beep, 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 oh, did the same thing. Like, you don't have to write that in. That's and a good so, point. Tech is, is their protocol droid. Right, but I thought, I would think, or astromech, that it would kind of have, that should have gone to Echo, yeah. because he essentially, that's his, like, power, you know, is that he's... Uh, can, sorry, did I say tech? I meant Echo. Yeah, yeah sorry. He, he's like a Cyborg from DC Universe. It's like, yeah. he can plug himself into the into the network and like manipulate things or get readings that but 
Tech still does all that. Here's the thing. I don't know that they'll use him more in season two. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to come up with a reason to use him. That's, yeah. the, pr- that's so the, the problem. So the only time he ever comes up is when they're talking about Rex because him and Rex obviously had a relationship and Rex was the one who, you know, came in to rescue him. Another character I do want to talk about is yeah. Omega. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't hate her. Uh, and I actually like her a lot. The only reason I say I don't hate her is because com- comparing her to the way that Ezra was at the season one of Rebels and the way that Ahsoka was, uh, and even Anakin, I mean, in, mm-hmm. in the movies, you know, you're kind of like, oh, it's these whiny kids. Omega was probably one of the best uh, written personality-wise of the Star Wars children. Oh, yeah. Uh, the most likable. She, you know, we don't really get to find out what she's all about. Like if she's got some kind of power or why she was created, why she's a female, why she doesn't have rapid aging, you know, why they wanted her bad enough to send bounty hunters out. Like we don't know any of that, which kind of, we didn't even get hints at it really. And it kind of sucks. But just her as a character and as a person, like, I don't, it sounds weird to be like, I really came to love her, but like. I she I love her heart like in the way that she yeah. talks to Crosshair, her relationship with Sid, you know, like she, I, I think her relationship with Hunter is really interesting. Like they yes, have, have this yeah. father daughter kind of right. Yeah. Um. So I really like Omega a lot. I really do. And yeah. she with the way that Filoni connects the universe and and the age that she is at this point. I mean, she could show up, you know, post Empire because she'll still be around. Like she'll oh, still yeah. be, you know, old enough at that point to to be alive if she survives, you know, the Galactic Civil War and whatever. But I I think that there's more plans for Omega in the star in the broader Star Wars universe going into the future. But um, all that to be said, like she out of when I watch the Bad Batch and I think about all the characters the one that I probably grew the most attached to and, and just liked the most and was the most pleasant was was Omega. And she yeah. got a little, you know, it's like, oh, cool, she's got a little bow and arrow. You know, that's I liked me. her weapon. Like, yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah. Yes. I we I mean, other than Ezra's like little slingshot. slingshot. Yeah, we haven't really seen anything that's not like a projectile-based weapon. And and she's like literally pulling that bowstring back and like letting go of it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the motion of, of her attacking with that thing, even though she doesn't use it a lot and maybe not even in every episode, but um, whenever she pulled that out, I was like, that's cool. I, it's very it unique. is cool. Yeah, yeah. So I did like her. So I just wanted to add that too. That, so yeah. here's two two interesting things I know we know about her, and then, and there's probably more that I'm, that I'm not thinking of. Uh, one is that she was born, quote unquote, uh, before all of them. Like she, she's technically older, and yeah, she and, doesn't have the rapid aging. Yeah, and that's the second one is that for some reason, and I think it's I think they're gonna make it. It's on purpose. Like they knew that they couldn't apply rapid aging to her body because of whatever makes her special, right? Like rapid aging would would kill, deteriorate, lessen the effect of whatever is going on. So, you know, some people, some people think like, oh, she has Jedi powers. She, you know, has this, you know, strange ability that no one's ever heard we of. We really didn't get any more hints of that, though. No. There were no more hints. And I, I almost wonder if they, if the, the fact, like, because I keep asking myself, why? Like, why wouldn't you put rapid aging in this girl? Like, she's kind of useless. Like, yeah. like she, as far as clones were literally created in a test tube to fight like that is the main reason that you even but have not one. her but not her yeah and so why why why, why? like i want to know why I, I have a i have a theory yeah not just something i want to happen but just based on the information that we have from the show um so her name is omega which means last you know yeah, yeah. and 
they at several points during the show talked about how Django Fett, who of course died, uh, his DNA was like not good, like because they couldn't get more DNA from him because he's he's dead. Uh, and so they're like, well, crap, like these, you know, last few batches of clones, like we're stretching this DNA as far as we can go. Uh, Omega is the only female clone we know about. Other than Boba Fett, she's the only one that doesn't have rapid aging. Yeah. And so I think that they did something to Omega to have her become the, and, and they also wanted her back. Not just because they, I think that that one Kaminoan used to mention her name earlier. Nala, Nala Nala say. I do think Nala say cared about Omega a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is very uncharacteristic of Kaminoans. They're sure. kind of like the um, uh, Spartans from 300 where they're like, well, you're defective, bye. Like yeah. They have no, you know, so that's very uncharacteristic of them. I think that she was meant to be the new like DNA source that they did mm. something to her to be like, okay, from now on when we need more clones, like you're going to give a blood sample and like now it's going to be based off of you yeah. because we like reboosted it or whatever. I don't know. I could be way off, but it seems that's the only logic thing I could come up with is, is of what the show might be pointing to. Yeah. This, I can't imagine how this is not connected to Mandalorian. Oh, it is. It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah, I, I've seen some people say like, "Oh, not necessarily." I'm like, "Come on, no!" Like, it, it absolutely like, with the way that Dave Filoni connects his universe. Yeah, with the way that the Mandalorian was all about trying to—they needed Baby Yoda's blood in order to clone him. I mean, bo- now, both like, shows are yes. literally central centralized about cloning. cloning. Like, I, I just yes. don't see how they're not related at 100%, 100% all. Hundred percent, hundred percent, they are. I, I think, yeah, somehow Bad Batch is going to connect to Mandalorian, and it may even reveal some stuff. Uh, I, I still say Mandalorian has the first reveal, but I, I bet you some of the answers that aren't revealed in Mandalorian, they're going to save for Bad Batch so that you have to watch both shows to kind of get the Well, point. and even because, I mean, Boba Fett is around at this time too. Yeah. And it there could even be some stuff in the book of Boba Fett yeah. that then connects <sighs> to season two of the Bad Batch. Uh, yeah. And I just, whatever. Like, I, I, I definitely, yes, I definitely think. Now, is it all going to be right there in front of your face, super obvious. Like it's going to be little stuff that you really, you need to be paying attention to, to catch it. Right. Because the cat, the very casual viewer, like my parents who watch the Mandalorian, if I were to have them watch the bad batch, they're not going to make that connection. Yeah. Right. But if you're a fan and you know, what's up, like, yes, it's, I mean, it's Bo- going to connect. Boba and Omega had to have known each other. Right. Like, cause it, like in the, in uh, the second movie, attack of the clones, He's like on the base, like we see young Boba, right? With with yes, Django, his right. dad, and of course Finnick Shan and Boba Fett are connected as well. And Finnick yeah. Shan was trying to get Omega. Like all these characters are. I mean, I don't see how connected. Boba and Omega didn't at least run into each other yes. in the hallway. Oh, I'm point. sure like, they did. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I'm very interested to see what they reveal with the book book of Boba Fett. I would love to see them do some kind of like um, flashback to like Boba as a young kid and like do something. And then you see Omega in a scene, you know, like, yeah. like a live action. Actor, that obviously. is, that is, a, that is very, very possible. That'd be awesome. It's, if it's Dave Filoni, I mean, you saw, we got yeah. two, we had two episodes of kid <laughs> Hera. It's getting Omega in a flashback is extremely, I mean, I'm not saying it's likely, yeah. but I'm saying it is very possible. The, the only thing that makes me think that they don't have to do that is because in, I think it's in 16 or whatever, 15 or 16, where she reveals that she was like, like privatized to like this, like 
this back room that like nobody could go into and mm-hmm. like like if they go there and i think it's during 16 that when they're trying to flee and she's like yeah, this is where i was born this is where you guys were born and um you know but like she was stashed away where like no one could ever see her and mm. even know about her mm. and so like i almost wonder if you know they make the excuse that they never actually i mean met but just never know you can make and it's so open you yeah. could make it happen well, that's, you, i mean they do could, this on yeah. purpose like they make it so they, they can go either way depending of course. on what they want to shoot so yeah of course um Let's get into the last, the finale yeah, yeah. episodes, um, because obviously this is the real meat of the show. We, if you want to know our thoughts on uh, me and Jake's, uh, in particular, thoughts on the first two episodes, we did an ep- episode of Disney Plus reviews um, uh, three months ago or so. So go back and, and find our our thoughts on those. I think the first two episodes and the last two episodes are the most important uh, to watch. So, um, I mean, I'll just I'll just come right out and just get to the you know the big meat or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about in these episodes, but the destruction of Camino is is a it is a demarcation point for Star Wars. Huge, yeah, huge moment. Yeah, we we talk about there's not a lot of story building with the characters. Like we're talking about Hunter and Tech and and uh, Wrecker and these guys. Maybe even Cross. I mean, we don't really learn a whole lot about Crosshair either. But the to watch Kaminoan be destroyed in full motion, you know, on screen was impactful. I, I didn't cry or anything, but I was like, this means something. Like, this is a big deal. And they, di- cinematically, they did a fantastic job. Yeah. I mean, it looks so good. You know it's coming, and then they take just a, a few small moments to, like, show you the empty, you know, rooms and the empty, yep. like, yep. and I was just like, oh my gosh, they are going to destroy this thing. Uh, that in all of Star, you know, I said, I, we just spent, you know, however much time being like, this show doesn't have anything going on. Yeah. But like that moment, that moment where they are, they destroy Camino is one of the most significant moments in Star Wars and they did it so well. I, I have a, a really good friend who's a fellow prequel fan. Yeah. And he's not been watching The Bad Batch. Oh, really? And, yeah. And he's not, um, you know, he, I got him to watch, you know, the last four episodes of The Clone Wars and that kind of like, I basically let him know when there's something really big and for him to go and watch it and he can just Google the rest if he has any questions of yeah. you know who the people are or whatever. <laughs> and I texted him and was like, hey, I know you've not been watching The Bad Batch, but you need to watch like Camino Law. Those like, episodes. This, this, yes. Yeah. Because as a prequel fan, you're going to appreciate that moment where Camino goes underwater. Yeah. it that was, that was amazing. And like I said, just the little stuff that like that, the clone that had to say, yes, it's completely destroyed. And, um, I, part of me wanted that the last two episodes just to be one long finale because really it could, oh, it could have been like, I, there was almost no, there was no break. There was no time passage. There was yeah. no nothing. It could have been easily just one, you know, f- whatever, 40 or 50 minute episode. Gosh, why, they, why didn't they do that? Well, and I think the reason why, one, because it keeps you watching Disney Plus for another week. Yeah. But also because that moment of of Camino being destroyed was so impactful, mm, yeah. I think it was very smart of them to destroy Camino and then the episode just ends, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, just okay. Th- so you can stop and think about yeah, it. Yeah, so you can just be like, wow, what did I just see? Yeah. Like, other than, you know, o- Order 66 is obviously a, like a really significant moment, um, but but that was, I mean, that one got to me as like a Star Wars fan, you know, so, and gosh, he's, Dave Filoni, it's like, um, it's like the, the Luke Skywalker moment in season two of The Mandalorian where you're just like, oh, <gasps> 
yeah. oh my gosh, like what am I seeing right now? Yeah, he just right? did it. Yes, and and you and having been a prequel fan for so many years, and this area of time not being explored. And thinking, okay, well, we know at some point they go from clones to stormtroopers. How does that happen? You know, in your mind, you're just like, well, what does happen to Kamino? Like, do they just shut it down? Do they yeah. just forget about it? Do they go on and, you know, clone things for other people? Like, like whatever happens to that? You know, and in your mind, you're like, I mean, does it get... I, I, I never let my mind go there where I was like, oh, yeah, yeah the Empire's just going to come in and basically nuke the place yeah but they did and i was like this is a moment that like was kind of in my mind this like mystery question of like what happens to camino that got answered in a very violent way and it was like oh my like i'm gonna watch that moment again oh like that's gonna be one that i'm gonna turn my sound bar up yeah and i'm just gonna watch that you know whatever four minutes and just be like, dude, yeah. Whoa. When when you when you find like Google Star Wars timeline or whatever, and like have like you know your typical like history lesson kind of timeline of like you know a yeah, big yeah. horizontal line, all these little de- demarcation points, the destruction of Camino is going to be on there. That that is a major major point in the Star Wars history. Yes. Um. And so, <laughs> uh, I want to go, go to a conversation that we talked about a little bit uh, off mic, and I'm glad we did because I I, I want to ask you about this. Um. Do they in this in these episodes they say fire when ready, right? Yes, you and, may fire when ready. Okay. Yes. So when they when they say that everyone knows what they're referencing, they have I mean sure. is clearly referencing Aldron, the destruction of Aldron, which is another huge big one of the biggest demarcation points yeah. in Star Wars is the destruction of a planet. Um we were talking earlier and I I'm you tell me if I'm quoting you wrong, but I thought you said that this might be bigger than the destruction of Aldron moment. Yes defend that okay <laughs> wow dang oh my god okay, I, I mean uh expound yeah, on that no, I, know, I know what you mean good grief man getting confrontational here uh okay so I, part of it has to do with just the way a new hope is i feel like one of the pitfalls of a new hope is that movie does not give the destruction of alderaan enough weight okay you're, so you're absolutely right so there it's not and it, you know even zooming out to it's not 1977. We have the whole Star Wars history in front of us right now in 2021. Yeah. Other than uh, Bail Organa and Cara Dune and Princess Leia, who's adopted, okay, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head that's even from Alderaan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not a planet where we've spent <laughs> a lot of time. It's not, you know, a place that in galaxy wide has been involved in anything like super significant other than Bale himself. And so when they destroy it, it's like, oh man, that sucks. That was, you know, whatever. But like, I, you don't, I, I just feel like you don't feel the way. And then in A New Hope, boom, Alderaan goes, oh my gosh. And then they're flying away in the Millennium Falcon and it's like, Oh, old man Ben is dead, and Princess Leia's like, "Oh, I feel so bad for you." And it's like, okay, Princess Leia, like literally every person you've ever known and like grew up with, just died in a in in a flash, uh-huh. and like they don't even talk about it again in A yeah. New Hope. It's no, like not. It's like not like the death of. Obi-Wan Kenobi, an old dude that Luke just met, is supposed to be like this, oh, Ben, Ben Kenobi, I, you know, like, <laughs> what am I going to do? But Alderaan's like, shrug. Now that we've seen the prequels, oh, oh, like, the destruction of Naboo might be bigger, or like, uh, Coruscant, or something like right. that. Right, like- and so, <laughs> but, 
So we had, you know, obviously episode two, episode three, and then the whole Clone Wars saga to like get to know these clones and this and just the significance itself of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's like, okay, well, is Order 66 the end of the Clone Wars? Or is the destruction of Kamino the really the end of the Clone Wars? Yeah, you know it could. You could argue that the destruction of Kamino was really the end of yeah, the Clone Wars. What What was so impactful about the them actually like you may fire when ready and just raining down yes. hell on this yeah, thing yeah. and just watching it just like crumble under the the sea um, was I was thinking back. It made me go all the way back to Episode One. I want to say one or two where you see Tarkin meeting with I think it's Nellisay. It's, it's or maybe he's meeting with both of them. I, I can't remember the other one's name, but he's meeting with the Kaminoans and, and, and basically like your services will no longer be needed. Yeah, we're basically done with you and we're phasing you out, yeah. And I thought that was maybe the last we'd ever hear of it. Like, I thought that was going to be, it's a boring answer, but it is an answer that that sits well with me sure. of like, of your question earlier, which is what happens to Kamino? What happens to the, the lab and the creation of these clones? The answer is we're terminating our contract. Bye-bye. And, and yeah. that, that would have been... They could have not blown it up. Yeah, In exactly. other words, and still, like, it made sense with the plot and just kept going. Yeah, and so, you know, it speaks not only to their just complete um, indifference to human... I mean, their clone life, but human life, but, like, but also, like, just the that, that lab and all, like everything that's been going on there that helped them get to where they are, like, they just don't care. Like, it's just obliterate it, move on, like, we'll just go on to the next planet and... The moment you're done being a useful tool, we'll destroy you. Yeah. So it served that purpose, but it also served the purpose of why? Like, you guys already terminated the contract, but, like, now you... You ha- just has, it has to go up in smoke and go yeah. down. Like I, it, it speaks a lot to, like, what they want to use Nala say for, the cloning, yeah. the future Well, and that way they can't... No one else can... Get records and like, or well, either that, yeah, exactly, or just even build res- build recipes. an army against them. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You, know, you could clone another army that could be used to rebel against the empire. But I, I yeah. think it's this is going to be be the beginning of a clone rebellion mm. of essentially the clones. Like, I think this moment was needed because all the cl- and they've said, oh, the clones have been reassigned. Well, we don't really know as the TK, you know, enlistees are coming in and the clones are being quote unquote reassigned, we don't really know what that means, but I think as time goes on, they're going to be like, well, crap, they, they destroyed Kamino, they're bringing in these new recruits, and I think that they're going to sour and more and more clones are going to decide that, hey, we're about to be essentially thrown away yeah, and we're going to fight back. So, and we don't know what that looks like, and I'm glad that, um, if anything, when we get Bad Batch Season 2, we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see more clones that are going to dissent and defect and fight and, you know, maybe kind of like the la- you know, the clone troopers last stand kind of a thing. And I hope, I think you know what I mean by this, I hope they all die. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I hope that th- it's this blaze of glory thing, yeah. you know, almost a Rogue, One. Rogue One-esque yep. where all these dissenter clones get together in a last stand to do something great and it's kind of like the clones last, you know, and, the, and there's just Rex and a few others that have survived, um, and they all die to to achieve something that is really big in the Star Wars universe that we didn't even know needed a backstory. Yeah, and we're like, oh, that's why that is the way it is, or that's how this happened, or that's what this you know thing is, or whatever. I I want that surprise at the end. Just like Rogue One was like a one, you know, a one-off line from um, 
a new hope and it's like well where these death star plants came from yeah a lot of people died to get them okay well moving on yeah, yeah. you know and we got a whole movie out of that i'm hoping it's the same way with this yeah absolutely and i i, I want these characters to these are these are soldiers and they need a a fitting end and obviously rex has to survive but nobody else does yeah yeah that's maybe true. omega yeah yeah just because i don't want her to die um, I want to talk about Crosshair as well. I think it's a good transition for what you were saying because, um, I mean, Hunter and, and his bands uh, of guys see the the awful things that the Empire are doing and they're like, these clearly are not the good guys. Like, you're on the wrong side. Like, it's so it's so obvious to them. And yet, Crosshair sticks to his guns. Uh, they have several, like, uh, kind of quiet moments with him, one-on-one and or four-on-one or whatever, and where they basically say, like, dude, come with us. Like you don't have to do this. Like we forgive you. You're, you're, you're our brother. Come back to us, that kind of thing. And he says, no. And all season long, this is the other big reveal all season long. We've been thinking chip in his head, chip in his head, chip in his head. And then whether he's lying or not, that's to be seen. But he says, I already took it out. I, I don't have a chip in my head. Like order 66, like that doesn't affect me at all. Like I'm doing this because I believe in it. We don't know quite when he took it out. And, yeah. and in the first episode, they put him in this MRI tube looking thing and they enhance it. Yeah. So yeah. he did on the first episode, he did have his inhibitor chip in there. Did you see, I didn't see this. I had to go back and watch it after I read something, but there's a moment where he's incapacitated in episode, I think it's 16, maybe it's 15. And those two episodes kind of run together for me, obviously. But, there, I think it's Hunter that picks him up, or or check, he's like checking to see if he's alive. But he also like turns his head to the side, and he's looking for a scar. But there, there isn't a scar because his whole face is scarred. Yeah, like his, that whole side of his head is yep. just, you know, burned up. And so, like he can't. I like I interpreted that as like he can't tell if there's a if there would be a scar there or not because yeah, yeah. it's, it's too late. Like they can't see it. So, um, yeah, I, I you know who knows if he actually got it removed or not, but. So I've tried not to think too hard about the whole inhibitor chip thing and the more that we've gotten to explore clones and their free will versus what the inhibitor chip can do uh, and the whole, you know, good soldiers follow order things. And are they, are they robots? Are they not? You know, how, how independent are they? But man, this show really makes you sit there and analyze it. And so I'm going, okay, so Order 66, he had it in, they enhanced it. And then he took it off, but he still made the choice. Uh, but some of these other clone troopers just really seem like they have no individuality anymore, no personality anymore. Oh, yeah. And I know, of course, Crosshair's like an enhanced, you know, clone, why he came from the Bad Batch. But I don't know. I It, it, was, a, it was a cool thing that I think that they twisted it to be like, hey, Crosshair is doing what he wants to do. Crosshair is mm-hmm. like... This is who I am. And they even reinforced that in the episode when uh, I think it was Tech is just like, well, this is who he is. He can't he, help it. Like, Yeah, there's nothing you can do to help him. There's nothing he can do to help him. Yeah, this is just who he is. Yeah. But, um, so I don't, you know, I don't know how I feel about that because they've, in a, they've, they've almost to the point where they've made Crosshair irredeemable. Star Wars mm. is all about redemption. And so you have Space Hitler, uh, Darth Vader, of course, but he has to die. Then you have Kylo Ren, of course. You can't, re- after all that, all those sins committed, you can't 
you can be redempted, but you have to redempt and die. Yeah. Right? Because you can't just go back out into society and be like, look, I'm all better now. Everybody <laughs> loves me, right? Like, this is okay. Yeah. Like, no, you're going to end up getting tried for war crimes and probably executed or whatever. Yeah. So Crosshair's already done enough bad things that he can't just rejoin the Bad Batch and we act like everything's all right after he, like, you know, killed all these civilians and stuff. Especially now that we know that it was not the inhibitor chip. Yeah. He can, like, he cannot, he's going to continue being a villain. He can't rejoin the Bad Batch unless he does this, and and this may be some foreshadowing from this episode, that he's going to meet his end, but it will be in some kind of an act where he's with the Empire, with the Empire. He keeps noticing how the Empire is, like, probably going to toss him to the side. You know, he's kind of like, mm, I don't like this. I, I want to be a part of a bigger purpose, but we're being replaced. Maybe they're right. And then in some kind of moment of truth, he sacrifices himself to save them or to get Omega out or what. You know, I, I think, don't know. I think that's likely. I, I, I think that that actually is probably the way Filoni's going to write it. I, but he can't be he can't just rejoin. Yeah, I think that's impossible. I think now. you're right about that. I I definitely can see him um we just talked about it that the empire is going to keep you around as long as you can serve a purpose and once you no longer serve a purpose uh we're going to get rid of you in one way or another usually. And and then he even and Crosser even acknowledged that, but uh, I think that if in season two we start seeing more clone uprisings, yeah. no matter how loyal Crosshair seems, the Empire is gonna con- is gonna be like, okay, he's a clone, therefore he's suspicious, and therefore you know, and he he may get mixed up in some misunderstanding where he was being loyal, but you know, it looked like he wasn't, and so they're gonna you know do something like you know how that stuff goes, yeah, but. Yeah, I, I just really, I, I'm very intrigued by where his character is headed and the, the conversations between him at, and those quiet moments, again, in between like running for their lives, like it, those were my some of my favorite moments. It was just kind of seeing what are they going to do with him? Um, I think Omega has that childlike of like, you know, come with us, you can be good. And him like really thinking about it, but then going, no, I can't, I, I can't. Like it's yeah. too late for me, I you know. I wanted to care more, but I didn't. Like, yeah. again, there just was not enough, you know, there were so many episodes where Crosshair wasn't even there. Yeah. And, Boy, you know, they really underused him in this they, season. They really did. And by the time we got to that point where, okay, they've got to work together so they can survive and they got to, and I was just like, there, there wasn't enough weight to that. If he would have been literally trying to kill them every episode, they're moments away from death at his hands. Yeah, you're right. You know, then that probably would have had some weight to it. Yeah. But I was like, eh, okay. Like, yeah, he's a bad dude, whatever. Like, Yeah, they really, they wasted too much time in the middle. And sometimes you have villains that also there's just like a little bit of likability to them, you know, where you're like, oh man, you, you could be a good guy if you just really tried, you know. I've never felt that way. I've, Crosshair has always been cold and there's not one, you know, he's not a Zuko, right? There's not one ounce of likability of Crosshair at all. Yeah. So it's like, do I even really, he's always been kind of a jerk hole, honestly. And so if he was like, all right, I'm going to join the Bad Batch again. I'm like, I don't know, man. Do I really want you around? Yeah, even in Clone Wars season seven. I did not like yeah, him he, at all. He was, he was a jerk. nice of a guy. Yes. He was on the right side, fighting on the right yeah. side. But yeah, he wasn't a, a great right. hero. Um, yeah. Um, and then, let's see. Uh, I just to kind of seal up that conversation, um, I wrote down, because I thought this was two of the coolest lines back to back, but um, Crosshair says, uh, soldiers follow orders. We've heard that before. And then Hunter responds with, blind allegiance makes you a pawn. 
And I, I love that line from Hunter. He's just mm. like, he knows exactly what's going on already. Mm-hmm. He's so smart. He's not like uh, tech smart, but like he's he's smart in a leadership. Like he understands leadership. He understands what the empire is already revealing itself to be, even though everyone else, not, not everyone else is caught on yet. He already knows. He's like, you're only fo- following blindly because they offer power and that's what you're hungry for. And you know, you're safe, you know, fighting for on their side, but you're really just a pawn. Like uh, one day, I think, and I think that's the setup to one day. I think he will realize, yeah, I'm just a pawn. And then, like I said, like you said, like probably just you know goes out in a blaze, which of glory he still or doesn't because it's like, dude, they left you for dead. Yeah, like they just destroyed your what the he's, only home we had. He's still in denial, uh, denial about yes. it for sure. For now, I I don't see that happening forever. Like I think there will be a moment where he's like. Hunter was right. Well, and there are, there are a few little moments when we do see him throughout the season where, you know, I remember in one episode, he basically goes back into their old barracks room and kind of sits there and has like a few seconds where he just kind of has his head in his hands, you know? And so like you can, yeah. you can tell that they're dropping these little seeds of him having these, you know, little doubts, but it's not the same as like Kylo Ren who's like, I'm struggling with the light and I'm trying to, you know, I've got this just real, like you don't see, you don't see that in Crosshair to the point where you're like, ooh, you know, his redemption might be pretty cool. It's kind of like, I hope you die. (laughs) Well, let let me uh, dovetail that into the one redemptive thing that we see him do um, is the the whole AZ thing. So Mm -hmm. I thought this was really kind of cool lore. Like they find these... um, what do they call them? Like medical capsules or whatever. And they're like, we could use this for human transport. And AZ's like, that's literally never been tested. <laughs> they're like, oh, well, now's the time to test it. Let's what other it. option do we have? <laughs> yeah. And so they jump in these things and, um, you know, they, they put a, a thermal detonator or whatever on the wall and she blows it and they all go. And this sequence was so cool to me. Like they're, so Hunter already, I think it's Hunter that calls it. They're like, okay, these things will take us up to the surface, but we're not going to be able to navigate left and right, like as we go up. So we're just going to go straight into debris, and that debris is going to kill us. And so AZ, and there, and I think it's Crosshair that has the idea of like the droid. The droid is going to help. Yeah, yeah. And so like he uses his thrusters and. He's like, it's so awesome to watch him scramble from like yep. canister to canister to like push them in different directions. It's like a video game. Of like, like yeah, I, yeah. I, I gotta get them yeah, all, yeah. all the surface, uh, all alive at the same time. And he does a pretty good job. They all kind of get to the surface, except for Omega. She gets caught by debris. Um, she's going down. She escapes from the capsule, but then, um, or no, it's right before she escapes from the capsule. She sees AZ go down. And because he's, we already mentioned it, but he's kind of losing power. So his reserve power is over and he's, he's dead. He's going down to the bottom of the sea uh, where he's just going to power off forever. And Omega loves this droid. Like we love R2 or <laughs> C-3PO. And so she goes after him. She's clearly going to die in the process, but she doesn't care. And who's the one that brings him up? It's Crosshair. And I thought that was an interesting twist. I didn't see mm-hmm. that coming. Um, he shoots, obviously he's a dead shot, shoots uh, his grapnel gun or whatever, and it hits AZ and brings both of them up. But it's probably safe to say he wasn't trying to save AZ. <laughs> like, right, right. I, right. Is he, she's holding on to AZ, and she, and he he knows that like hitting her in the spine with a grapnel gun is probably not the way to not go. Right, yeah. And so he grabs AZ and pulls up AZ, pulling both of them up at the same time, and. That's a little bit of humanity. I, I don't know that it's like makes yeah. him a good guy now. Yeah, he could have not for sure, but yeah. it was more of like, okay, and he says this, he's like, we're even now. 
Yeah. But she, yeah. but she, and I had a feeling something like that was going to happen. Yeah. Because Omega went out of her way to save his life earlier. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, there's probably going to be a, a moment where, you know, they, that's something that's used a lot in those kind of situations to make a bad guy make a good choice. It's and then just like settling a debt, settling a debt as opposed to out of the kindness of your heart. Yeah. Um, but then of course it's kind of like, Oh, but was it really though? <laughs> you know, or was there something soft in there? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, if, if we could have had a whole season like the finale, meaning that, you know, because the finale didn't have any really big reveals, it didn't have any of that stuff. But if it could have been that intense, if if in every episode I was gripping my couch because they were just just run 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 we're gonna die we're gonna die ah right, let's go let's go let's go yeah then I could have totally forgiven because it would have been something kind of new in Star Wars to have some to have a thrill ride like that yeah where I'm like you know Bad Batch came along I really didn't need a lot of character development from these guys I don't really care I didn't care about them at the beginning I don't really care about them now yeah um because it but like just an a, an awesome nail biting suspenseful adventure but yeah. you know but obviously we didn't let's, get that. let's talk about some of the action because like they're they're in the building the building gets annihilated it's going down it starts taking on water at one point cross hair is drowning he's caught she has to free him she blasts him with the, her crossbow or not crossbow but a bow and arrow thing um they get out but then the room's filling up with water oh no they're both gonna die they pull the doors open they splash out then they're like okay we gotta go now and so they say oh it landed the building landed on an underwater water wonder underwater tunnel they drill out the floor they get down there and they're like finally we're safe and then that massive sea monster yes. comes out yes and i'm, I'm like where was this? Where was this in the middle of the season? Like, yes. To say what you're saying, like, they could have done a sea well, monster even, episode. Even, like, the glass was breaking. Yes, I was and, like, they're, yes. they're all going to die. Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, they're, like, arguing down there. Yeah. And, like, wreckers. And I'm like, don't get in a fight. Don't <laughs> don't start fighting each other down there with all that broken glass and all yeah. this stuff. And, you know, of course, AZ's, like, running out of power. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Dude, like with, with, with AZ's problems and them fighting and the cracked glass and the sea monster, I'm like, like, there's like five different ways they're gonna they die. They could die. <laughs> oh, I know. I know that whole that whole episode was intense from from beginning to end. And 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 like you said, it's so good that it makes the previous episodes worse because you're like, that's that could have been the whole season. With yes, stuff like that. Hundred percent. That's yeah. what it should have been. Yeah. Yes. It's sad. I now that we've seen the last couple episodes, it, it does make me feel worse about the middle ones. Like like we we could have had so much more and we just didn't. Yeah. I don't know if it's just like budget or time or I don't think it's budget because okay I will say this the animation in this show is just top notch oh I agree I mean it is so good especially now you have to be somewhat forgiving because I mean the Clone Wars started in what like the early 2000s yeah so the the CGI so animation was a little rough but like Dude, it's so well done. Yeah, let me put a point on that. When the first time that we see Fennec Shan come out, she hadn't even uttered a word. I, d- I didn't even know that it was the the actress that, that plays her. Um, uh, can't remember her name. I, I just saw her visuals, like the way that they drew her. I was like, that's Fennec Shan. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I just knew immediately. It looks like they drew the characters to look like real life. It, um, you know, it's still car- a little cartoony, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's, it's not it's not like a PS5 game where they're really trying to make it look realistic. Yeah. Like, there still is a cartoony element, 
but it is so polished. It is so well done. There is so much detail. And it's smooth. Like, it's amazing. The frames per second or whatever they're doing, it's it's like technically very sharp. It's like, got, I mean, that has got to be a couple million dollars per episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, no, the, right. just the, the amount that they are putting into it to make it look good. But don't you think they spent more than that on the final two episodes? Like, just Probably. The, the writing alone and like, uh, you know, just gosh, even like coming uh, c- the conceptual art for that sea monster oh, yeah, and yeah. like and actually drawing. I know they're doing computers and stuff to, to draw it, but like they they put more time in those last couple episodes than any episode previous, sure, to, except for the first two. And man, I kind of I don't know if they can or if they want to, but I I hope that there's enough you know fan response to the season that they go, yeah, on season two, let's rethink what we're kind of storyboarding like let's let's put more of these exciting adventures in the middle of it you think that they would know that after mandalorian because like every episode it has like a big monster boss or whatever in it there's a couple episodes that maybe don't land totally but i don't i feel like they didn't even try with this season so right like okay in the mandalorian you have that episode where he helps out the sand people yeah uh with that big worm looking thing yeah right yeah what a I mean nothing super significant that's not like some big plot point episode yeah but it's just really dang cool yeah and it's a great battle and it's like you know they they have to think of creative ways to you know do that and I just none of the episodes from the bad batch were like that yeah that that had that like man I remember that and this is even if nothing happened it was really cool I will forget most of the episodes in the middle of the season I in yeah. some ways I already have uh, forgotten about some of them um, but yeah, I had the same feeling. I, I actually literally thought of it when we were watching the sea monster in 16. Um, the first, one of the first things I thought of was like, that's the coolest monster I've seen since that episode of Mandalorian. Like it was, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. Like it literally like looks like it's just going to in one bite, like take like the whole tunnel down and they're that, what you didn't even mention, like there's a loss of power. Yes. So, like normally they're like, shouldn't this, shouldn't this thing have like a defense system? They're like, yeah, when the power's on, there's no power anymore. Like the, the electricity is not going to jolt this thing. And of course they get it, you know, on at the last second. It's, it was a thrilling ride to watch for sure. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about the final scene kind of briefly already, but, um, you know, kind of the, uh, the the big zinger at the end or whatever is that the Empire has uh, obviously saved Nala Say from destruction. She didn't go down with the ship. And they say they have, quote, big plans. And it's meant to, you know, give us the idea that they're going to do some testing, cloning, that kind of thing. We've heard this before with Mandalorian. Um, you know, could it be setting up? You know, we've already kind of made some of the connections. But um, I thought that was a good way to end the season of kind of like, okay, uh, clearly, there's more story to tell. Come back for season two, and I hope we see a lot more of Nalase and kind of what they're doing. But I don't know. I don't think we will. Yeah, that's sad. I, that, that's I, that's I so think, sad. I think nope. you're probably right. I don't think we will. I think that was um, just a small thing to connect it to to tie it, to tie it in because I think that Floney's got something in the works. I think it was there more to support the Mandalorian and and the background of what. You know, it, it's a it's a Death Star uh, type secret project that's really big, really significant. And, you know, I don't know. Is it all just to kind of justify Episode Nine's Return of the Emperor type thing? Is that really what this is all about? Is him trying to kind of reinforce how, you know, hey, Emperor Palpatine's back. Isn't this neat? And it's like... <laughs> 
so so many questions. <laughs> Why? How? Why? How? <laughs> right? How does this work? And wait a second. So if Ray is the grandchild, <laughs> then who's the parent? Like you know, all these different questions that went unanswered, and I'm wondering if that is what that goes to. Yeah. Is this is all to to clone force users and have you know a way to preserve because that's the whole thing with the Sith themselves is you know the Jedi can force ghost themselves and the Sith can't do that when you're dead you're dead yeah and that of course Palpatine would want something that you know think about the episode three you know hey it's, you can save people from dying and you know, you would not learn that from a Jedi. <laughs> and so I think he had an obsession with, it. that's part of how, and I don't know if this is canon or if this is uh, Legends now, but that's part of, some would say, how Anakin was created was because um, Palpatine and Darth Plagueis, his master, were essentially like messing around with some midichlorian black magic. Yeah. And next thing you know, Shmi Skywalker's like, ooh, I felt a kick. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so th- that's been an ongoing theme with Palpatine is trying to create life, trying to stop people from dying, trying to, you know, so I, that's, maybe I'm totally off. Maybe it's a big surprise. Yeah. But I, I, especially since it's all pointing to post-Return of the Jedi, you know, baby Grogu Mandalorian era, and the sequel trilogy, which is like a couple, you know, what, a couple decades after that. Yeah. The Emperor suddenly reappears on Exegol. You know, this filling in another pretty significant gap of how did this happen? Yeah. I don't know how long it's going to take to answer those, all those questions, but I, I don't want it to take the, the next 10 years. Like, right, right, I, right. I, you have to assume they're planning on wrapping this up in the next couple, like two or three years. Um, maybe it's more like five or six, but gosh, I... There's only so much time that you can use to like really stretch this stuff out, and uh, I kind of want to see some of it wrap up. Sure, but I mean, it's just soon. dropping little. Yeah, but it's just little things. But no, I don't think that. I mean, we're gonna get more Book of Boba Fett like later this year. Yes, you know, so. and I think there will be a little bit in that, considering I mean, Boba Fett himself is cloned from you know Jango Fett. Yeah, before but. even season two of Bad Batch comes out, you you presume it's uh, Boba Fett and Mandalorian because I'm saying like spring next year is Mandalorian. If we hear from, if we see or hear from or Nala say is referenced again, I think it's more likely to happen in the book of Boba Fett than it is to happen. Yeah. In, I I think the Bad Batch season two is all going to be about uh, clones dissenting. Okay. And it's going to be about them going, okay, like we really have, like we're, yeah. we're hard, Camino was destroyed, that kind of hurt. Uh, now we're like legit being pushed out by these TK units. You know, are they even getting to the point where they're going to start destroying the clones, like killing them? I don't know. Yeah. But I think that it's going to be all about uh, clones because that's another big thing that Filoni was about, which is like pretty much the premise behind the whole Clone Wars series was uh, how do clones feel, the autonomy of clones, yes. you know, uh, what's their role in the galaxy? They were created for war, and now the war's over, and they're part of the Empire, but the Empire doesn't even want them now. Um, like, I, I, Filoni is not just going to, like, leave that ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. I think that he has been so focused on the clones um, that and this the Bad Batch this this is about the clones like that's what this series you know let's not forget like that is really what is at the center in this point in time in Star Wars and the focus of the show even though it doesn't really feel like it yeah we're gonna see 
I think there's gonna when the whenever the Bad Batch is done, whether it's season two, season three, whatever, we're gonna have a bow on the end of that, and we're gonna know how the 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 last few clones went away. Yeah, and we're gonna see the full. They're gone, and it's all recruits. And what happened to those last clones that held on or dissented or whatever? I think I think we'll have the answer to that at the end. Cool. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up um, our discussion. So I, I really like these characters. Like I, I do, even though we didn't get to see or learn about them as much as we would have liked from season one. Like whenever I see like Tech talking to Hunter or Wrecker, you know, reaching down and you know giving Omega a hug, or it's like I like these guys. Like I, I, I I'm along for the ride. Like wherever they take me, uh, these are my friends. Like I want to, I want to hang out with them and get to know them more. So mm, um, I don't really care about them all that. I, I. I think the characters sh- themselves. Yes, this should have been a video game. You know, like there's yeah. a, like um oh like Fallen Order. You know, there's uh Cal Cal Kestis. Like yeah. there's there are characters that he's not been in a show. He's not been anything. But man, people like look at that character and they're like, ooh, he's a part of the universe. Like it's yeah. almost like he got his own movie or his own show. And I think the Bad Batch would have been cooler and like, okay, make this a multiplayer video game where you're a, squ- a squad and you're doing all this stuff and whatever. Yeah. Because um, I, w- I would play a Bad Batch video game. I would play sure. a Bad because they're almost like the Power Rangers where it's yeah. like everyone has their own little power and you have all these cool things and, uh-oh, we came to this area where we don't know what to do. Better get the tech guy. Uh-oh, something heavy. You better be the big muscle guy. Yeah. And it almost seems more fit for something like that rather than this you know, epic story of these guys. Like they just, yeah. I think they, they do need to bring more narrative to the, to season yes, two for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, which I, I think, I mean, it's felony. I, I would think that they probably will, but I hope so. We'll see. Okay. Um, Jake, thank you so much. Oh, it's I, my pleasure. I really enjoy talking to star Wars with you. You're one of the, my favorite person, uh, people in the world to talk to, uh, talk to you about star Wars. So, uh, you're so knowledgeable and I know that you've watched, like you're going to watch everything. And so it's like, I, I know I can just like, if I want to, I'm Jones going to talk about star Wars. I can, I can find Jake. He's going to be up to speed. Well, thanks man. If we can talk. just remember the name of some of these characters, I, know. <laughs> I feel, I feel ashamed of myself that there was like half the characters. We, you, it was either you or me couldn't remember who they were. I mean, to be fair, there are like 200 characters in star more Wars. More than that. Yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> Um, before we wrap up, can you tell people about your podcast? And yeah. I, I say that not just to give you a chance to promote it, but like it's a podcast I listen to. Like I subscribe to it. I enjoy listening to it. A lot of our listeners are from the Republic area. And so if they're not listening to this podcast, honestly, I think they're missing out. So can, oh. you, can you tell people about it? Well, thanks. Uh, it's called Repmo Radio. Repmo is kind of shorthand uh, for the city that I live in, which is Republic, Missouri. And it's a very locally focused show where I interview people of interest and influence uh, who live and work in the city of Republic. So uh, if, I mean, for example, if you're a business owner, if you are on city council, if you, uh, I interviewed a lady who like runs the community social media page uh, and I want to get to know these people beyond what everybody knows them for. Yeah. So, you know, think think uh, kind of a mix between Oprah and Joe Rogan, right? Like <laughs> if you kind of put those, put those two formats together and I'll sit down from somebody and be like, all right, well, you're known for... Uh, you know, doing this in our community, but I want to hear about like what makes you tick. Where did you grow up? What are you into? What are your experiences? What other things have you done? And uh, it's been really cool because people, uh, you know, I get these times where people are like, I've not, this is something I haven't talked about in 10 years because people 
you know, in your life, don't think to sit down and ask the kind of questions that I'm asking. And so it's been really cool just to get to know people in the community to where I can walk into a restaurant or, you know, when I go fill up with gas and I see these people that, you know, the podcast, that's really what it is, just an excuse for me to get to sit down and get to know. <laughs> and then after essentially one meeting with them, um, they've shared things with me that they don't, they've not really even shared with their coworkers or anything sure. else. And so it's cool because I feel like I know them a little better. Yeah. Uh, or at all even really right it's like it's like you really get uh, a few layers deep with somebody and very quickly and then i get to share that with everyone else yeah. so now everyone else in the community hears their story and when they see them at walmart or out and about they can go hey we've never met before but i heard you on retmo radio and i also am a foster parent or whatever yeah. you know and that's yeah. it connecting the dots of our community like that man get, just gives me so much satisfaction i love it I don't even live in Republic anymore. I did for you know ten or eleven years, but um, like you, you had one episode where you were talking about just local uh, news. There was a, a a vote that was coming up. People that outside of Republic don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But like like you know, and and you were saying, hey, tell us about what this vote is for and why it's important. But you were also talking to him about like uh, budget things, like you know why why did we spend money over here on this thing instead of this over here? And he's like, that's that's we get that question all the time. And let me clear it up. And you just, and he just went into this whole spiel i was like that makes sense i didn't know any of that and i was just like wow this is i, I almost feel like every town should have their own retmo radio yeah, no and <laughs> and there's been a in the last you know two decades or so there's been a huge decline in just local media yeah right so uh, local newspapers are really fading out but even like your local nightly news I mean, people just go to social media and whatever, and everybody's focused on what's going on nationally. And local news is having a really hard time breaking through. Yeah. And so, the in a way, and when there's a big issue, I really try to I try to avoid uh, politics, and I try to avoid some of the real serious stuff. But there was a really significant, highly localized vote. And so I had the city yeah. administrator on and was asking him a lot of the questions that I'd heard in the community and whatever. And so in, in, in a small way, I do want to provide that kind of a service to, or if some nonprofits having a big event or whatever, I'll, you know, have them on to talk about it because, uh, you know, they're making an impact and people care about that kind of stuff. Like it affects the people of this town. So, um, yeah. so yeah, it's, it, it's been a really great experience and I'm used to, you know, I've had my own podcast and I've been on several of yours. So I, I know how to get behind a mic and talk about what I think about things. What I had not learned is how to let somebody give somebody else the space to do that, especially people that have never been interviewed before. Cause most of my guests have never been behind sure. a mic. Sure. And so, you know, it takes them a minute to get comfortable. You have to ask the right kind of questions. Yeah. And it's been awesome to learn my own skills of how to bring that kind of stuff out and let people be vulnerable and tell their stories. And, and it's just, man, it's been so personally satisfying, but think anyway, thanks for the plug, man. Yeah. I, if you live in the Republic area, I'm telling you, you need to be subscribed to this podcast. Um, it's R E P M O. Yeah, R E P M O. So repmo radio.com. Yep. Just uh, look for it on whatever podcast service. It's um, like I said, I listen to it. I subscribe to it. I love it. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this and you live in the area, Especially, I think it'd be uh, good, especially if you enjoyed hearing from Jake today. So, 
Um, thanks again, man. Um, uh, thanks for listening to this special episode. I think we're just going to do this as a separate episode. Like people can just see Bad Batch and click on it and download it and listen to it. So sorry, Grant. Um, yeah, sp- uh, a special extra episode this I got, week. I got. I, I elbowed him out. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be, be back next week with uh, something else. I'm sure we talked about it on the previous episode. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time.